This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Jeremy Hill, Director of the Center for Economic Development and Business Research at Wichita State University. Welcome to Issues 2021, Jeremy. Nice to have you back with us this morning. Yes, thank you. you Recently, the center hosted the 42nd, is it the 42nd Kansas Economic Outlook Conference in Wichita? Now, was this a virtual... Was this a virtual meeting, or did you get together face-to-face? We went face-to-face because last year everyone said they only wanted to go to face-to-face because uh, they value that networking. All right. Uh, Tell us uh, about the overall impact of the uh, COVID pandemic on Kansas businesses. Well, you know, it's interesting. When you look at impact and say, how do we measure this or think about it, the first thing we should do is look at output. How much are we producing from companies, right? And in that case, we are back to our previous, not only back to our previous peak, we're, we've accelerated past that as of second quarter of this year. So Kansas, on an aggregate, is doing better than it was prior to the pandemic. So businesses are actually booming. But that's only one story, right? There's an employment story. There's other sides of the stories that we have to look at. Yep. Uh so are we now truly in recovery mode, though? Well, yeah. So usually you first look at output, and that means we have recovered on the output side. But that's what you know, we'll probably dig in a little bit more. On the employment side from business eyes, right, they're going to say, do we have the employment where we were before? That has not happened. And that is the, one of the issues that I'm sure we'll continue to talk about this morning. Okay, I want to, let's back up just a little bit because uh, – for information purposes, uh, our listeners may not understand what the 42nd, uh, the annual economic outlook is, the conference you've been having for several years now. Now, who attends this conference, uh, Jeremy? Sure. We get a predominant number of people in the Wichita area that are business professionals, elected officials, uh, and analysts that come from this area. Uh, but however, we have people that usually drive from all around the state to also come in and participate in network to get insights and understanding about the Kansas economy and industries that affect us. So uh, how many people total come to, come to this in every year? Well, you usually have around 750. We were down to around 530 people this year, which was still a, an amazing full crowd, I think. That's a lot of people. Where? Where did you hold it? Where did you hold your meetings? We were at Century Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But- That's a lot of people, I think. Give us a oh. this. Uh, let's give. Why don't you give us an example or two of uh, businesses that uh, have come roaring back? Are there one or two that are really doing well? Oh, so we talking about so the businesses for Kansas. I'll switch over to the firm side, not to be the the specific business. Because I don't usually okay. look at the industry side. Okay. The ones that have done the best and actually really propped up the state economy is over in agriculture and food manufacturing at the state level. They have done fantastic. And uh, although there were some impact during the middle of that shutdown, they have both have far exceeded you know the previous growth in output. Generally speaking, then, uh, can you tell us who is struggling now? Oh, well, you know, one is so visual that we all are seeing when we go to sit-down restaurants versus fast food, because fast food, we're eating lots of fast food. But over down at sit-down restaurants, the ones that actually add a lot of culture and character that are small independent businesses, you know, they're still struggling because of 
that Delta variant, right? So we're now seeing that shift consuming more and more in that space, but they're still not quite there. Uh, another one is aerospace, right? But I'm actually going to be very optimistic. I'm sure we'll get in that more. Uh, it also just happened to be in the weird segment that got impacted the hardest. The third one is oil and gas, but um, they've started to show some improvement because the barrels are price of barrels going up. That's right. Crude has been going up. Crude prices, we've been noticing that. Uh, a big factor in talk of recovery right now is inflation. Um, Want to talk about that? What's causing it? How, how it's impacting businesses and households? Absolutely. So when we are used to, you know, a long time, going all the way back to the 1980s, a very consistent inflation at the U.S. level, uh, you know, around 2.4%. When you go from 2.4% to over 5%, you see that price increase, and it does look very scary. Just to put it in perspective, compared to other countries, we are extremely stable, right? There are other places that would give 5%, and it wouldn't be anything to them. We usually just gotten such a long-term period where it's pretty – it is shocking to us. Now, in the Midwest, is a different story. Uh, we actually had lower inflation than the U.S. The reason why is we had all that pumping of oil here in the round surrounding states that we had very cheap energy prices, which we had lower than 2%. And then we also had much higher than 5% increase over this last year because oil and gas came up. And we were seeing that natural gas prices come up. So that took a bigger bite out of people living in Kansas. You know, we were warned uh, of the pandemic's danger to the supply chain months ago. And yet it seems to have caught a lot of people off guard, or maybe not. Maybe they're just Nothing we could be done about that supply chain. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, you know, there's a couple stories on the supply chain. There's this international thing that's affecting businesses, right? There in Kansas, there's this international issue that's affecting um, households. And then when you look in Kansas, we also have a third kind of story of how businesses are changing, reacting to that just-in-time kind of model, getting that product to the place. So, from the household side, yeah, we're you can see it on the shelf when you go out there and the goods are not available. And then so much so that the Retail Federation said, you better start shopping now or you might not get enough presents for Christmas. Right, so right. you got to start shopping now because of that disruption. And businesses actually started to do that, right? That's why you had some of the backups and containers uh, coming in from China and having a problem through California. They were trying to get in earlier and then they couldn't get it in. That means goods aren't really making it to the storefronts. Is there anything more in, in your view that government and businesses can do to free up that log jam? Well, so on the federal side, you know, there was already efforts to do that. So they, down in California, they completely shut down because of the Delta variant. They had an outbreak. They've since opened up that port and goods are starting to move through. Uh, you know, and, and since I'm not big on the on that side, I'm not sure where else we can other than uh, influence something like this where it really is just tight because of other circumstances that are beyond our control. I'm not sure I can go much further on how to, to say we can influence any more than that, though, unfortunately. Right. right. Hey, you're listening to Issues 2021 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Jeremy Hill, Director of the Center for Economic Development and Business Research at Wichita State University. Jeremy, I'm going to keep hammering away at questions, but uh, when you jump in here when you want to make a point that, that I'm missing. I, I know I'm going to miss something. There's a lot to this. 
Uh, well, uh, can I talk sorry. a little bit about more about the um, supply chain and how we're handling it in Kansas? Because oh, I think it's a oh, go ahead, a sure. Start. Supply chain then in Kansas. Go ahead. Yeah. So we've seen by survey data that Kansas businesses have been struggling with domestic supplier issues and international supplier issues more than the U.S. And that has been persistent the whole time. So it's our Midwest advantage is actually our disadvantage because we're so rural and further away. We're also showing that Kansas businesses are struggling to find alternative suppliers. There's just less options. And that all puts us at a disadvantage. So what has happened? And this is actually a fascinating story. I don't know what the fallout will be. But at just in time where people didn't kept everything so lean has really been blown away, right? So now you can see in a lot of firms across it, we had expansions. So actually commerce, Kansas Commerce has been the largest they've ever done in, in our history. We had the number of expansions in the state has increased. That is because they have holding more inputs because of the supply chain issue, and they're holding more final goods for their next customer. If it's business business or business to consumer, they're holding a lot more. So that just in time has changed. And so the other advantage we have here is lower costs. So maybe that just in time really changes in the future. And then we come out having more of an advantage by having larger physical spaces to hold goods that helps us weather the inflation, weather some supply chain issues in the future. Uh, but it's still to be seen. But that is an interesting thing that's happening specifically in Kansas because of our our issues and are also competitive edge. Wow. Uh, another factor in the pandemic recovery is labor. And there, there seem to be job openings, but they're not being filled. Uh, you want to talk about labor and what you're, what you're seeing in the, you know, in the labor aspect in the, in the year ahead? Yeah, this is one that, you know, I've been talking about all year and it will surprise a lot of people. So from the business perspective, you, they are correct. They're not back to previous peak for their employment. And so when they see, Demand increasing, and demand is increasing for them. We did our survey, lots of more demand. This is the most optimistic they've ever seen it, um, partly because it's stimulated, but they're actually transitioning to a, an economy. So when you see all this demand increasing and you want more heads, you want more hands on the factory line, and you want more waiters and waitresses at restaurants, and they're not there, it gets really scary, and you kind of wonder, where are they? However, if you look at the same employment question and ask the households, are you back? They are fully back. So you have to wonder why are households fully back, but businesses are not back. And that is the gap. This is the chasm between the two and the argument. And it is actually simpler than what people think. It is not unemployment benefits. It's not all these other issues. It's people working multiple jobs have decreased. People working part-time has decreased. The labor market is so great that people left sit-down restaurants because they couldn't get a job and stay in there. And they moved over all these benefited full-time positions wow. so that decreases the number of heads but it's and it makes it hard for businesses but this is a great story for the households it's, that's very interesting to me because i know that i have held two jobs in my lifetime and i know people who have and you're saying that pressure to have two or three jobs is is not is not there as much right right we've gone over two decades where Businesses had all the power, and I talked about that three years ago. That power shift, I said that three years ago, is shifting, and COVID accelerated it so that hollowing out of middle class because businesses had all the power, the one of them overqualified, has shifted. And now people can do this upward mobility, and they don't have to have those multiple jobs to make ends meet. Wages are coming up for them. It's just a very 
different labor dynamic. Mm. What, uh, so what can employers do to hire more people? Is anything they can do to, to solve this? Well, before we get to what you do, we have to put this in full context, yeah. right? Yeah. We are, we are already back to full employment. I mean, there's, there's really not anyone left available. And the reason why employers are complaining is because the ones that are available are what we call marginal. We're, if we're already back to full employment and everyone who is available really and, and has skills or employed, the last few people are marginal. They're the ones that no one wanted to hire. They're going to take a lot more training or a lot more changing of policies or, to, or, or lots of provisions to make them productive in your, in your work environment. So we got to keep that in mind. So if we're at full employment, which, by the way, we got to it faster than the U.S., the U.S. Is still has got a gap. They still have all the structural issues that they're working on to get people to move and train. We went all the way back to our previous peak and, and stayed there almost through the entire pandemic. And we're actually even higher than we were before. So what do you do? I have said this story for a long time. In a regional economy, not industry, we never are out of labor. We have a different issue in Kansas. We have a wage issue. Our wages have not kept up with the nation. And although businesses said they increased it, they feel they're competitive locally, you got to remember they compete nationally and globally for labor. And so since we wages didn't keep up with the nation, that was just a sign that we didn't need it, and that's why we had out-migration. So if we need more labor, it is time to ratchet up and say we're going to compete no longer within Wichita or industry, we're looking across the whole nation about the wage, especially with teleworking. We got to look much broader. Wow. So uh, let's talk about a little bit about the aviation, which of course is central to anything we do in South Central Kansas. What's ahead in the coming year for the aviation industry, Jeremy? Well, um, I, I was super optimistic about aviation in 2019. And then we had 737 came, and we had pandemic, which just happened to hit our commercial, which we shifted over to. It hit our economy really hard in Kansas and the Wichita area. I remain more optimistic about the aerospace than what even our employers have said publicly over this last year. Commercial side, it, we could never keep up with demand. Demand will still come back, and we're seeing that actually show by flights through airports. They're going to come back we should be ramping up a lot more employment faster than probably what Spirit is really publicly saying. I think there's a lot of demand for it. That would be great for our economy, right? And the long-term demand is still there. So strong segment in commercial. General aviation, I had the general aviation manufacturing come. This, although we've had a decade of really negative news about, about this segment because of flight times and used, vehicle, or used uh, airplanes, this market is now so much better and has cleaned up so much and much more efficient and cost-effective in the production cycle. They've squeezed out a lot of the um, middlemen because there was so so much uh, issues with too many suppliers. Cleaned that up. That sector looks poised for lots of growth. Demand's there. They can do it at a better product, or better, do have great products and their um, good profit margins. And then the military, which I was surprised by, which is our third element, has done great through all of last year and this year. You keep hearing all these expansions. And during a uh, pandemic, you know, this current uh, federal administration is still putting money into that sector, and that's still fueling our economy. So all three engines of aerospace look great and 
should continue to to drive the economy next year. Tell us about retail. What is is retail going to be strong this coming year? Well, yes. Yeah, so I think we'll have a shift in retail. Right, this last year we had nothing else to do but buy stuff online, right, and buy stuff locally yeah. because we couldn't do all the service side. So we had all this extra savings from gas because you weren't driving. We had all this extra stimulus in our pockets. And savings, this pent-up demand is there. We still have savings. We're all employed. Wages have come up. So we have this perfect environment to still consume. I think retail will still be strong. I think it won't necessarily be as strong as this last year because we're going to want, now the Delta variant is out, we want to consume the other side, arts and entertainment and those food services, Right? We want to start consuming them because it's now safer for us to get out and do them. And honestly, we're social creatures. I just think that will continue to happen. So big trips will probably be planned. Right, We'll want to consume it in that way. Did the conference look at, at real estate? And, and if so, what's ahead for real estate? Yep. So when you get into real estate, we got several different segments. Do you want to talk about housing or you want to talk about the commercial what side would you want to think that's uh, important to your listeners? Go ahead. Let's talk about the housing, first of all. All right. So for housing, I really point over to Stan Longhoffer, the Center for Real Estate, and he's very optimistic about the market. Um, this is not his comments. These are my comments. I often wonder, although we have this big house price appreciation, you know, how much of that is sticky, right? How much of that is going to stay around and how much of that is just ballooned up, it might be a bubble, right? That's the concern that I have. And from my perspective, and this is really mine, which I don't study this as much as the Center for Real Estate does, you need to look at this, demand makes sense, right? Where there's reasons why people were building and they had cash and the interest rates environments were there. And you look at the risk for banks, that's not there. They're showing people putting more down. So there's not even risk. So I don't think it's a bubble. I think there's real demand driving up house prices. If you look at our house price versus the overall wages in the state, I think we're still very affordable compared to other states. So although it feels unrealistic, it feels very tight in our housing market, I kind of wonder if we need to put a new lens on and say a stickier, higher higher price of the house may stick around. And if it does, that might actually open up more opportunities for, in the last several years, we could only build in the upper income housing Maybe this now opens up and we can start building more in middle-income and lower-income housing because home prices have appreciated enough where builders can be re-encouraged to be in that market. But that's my perspective. Okay. What about business real estate? Yep. Uh, so on that ca- case, we used NAI Martins. They they've participate, and they put a little forecast booklet yeah, yeah. in ours, and they talk about this. And it, it's interesting, when I talk to that group, they have seen so much shift in the market. People are still downsizing and upsizing, and not everyone knows where they're at yet. And and so there's a lot of activity. They had one of the largest activities ever had because people are still trying to figure out where is everyone going to land? What is their new footprint and need? And so, you know, I'm not sure we're going to have that answer. That's my perspective of where that is. Although I think a 20% or larger of teleworking in some capacity is probably around this day. You know, they're, they're seeing tons of activity because of all that shift. And, and that's actually a healthy thing for our market, right? We've been kind of stagnant in Kansas and Wichita. And so this big churn actually loosens up property. It loosens up real estate. It loosens up prices so that we can find a new market. 
right? So I think this is a good, healthy thing that will reinvigorate this economy more than it had been in the past. Jeremy, what have I left out? Have I missed anything here? Have we missed anything today? Well, we can. There's there's still more to talk about. Labor or households, how they're feeling. Uh, the business. We have a survey on businesses too, and how they're feeling. What uh, What about just back to labor? What What What's the best? Uh, uh, if you're looking for a job, what's the the hottest industry uh, for labor? What do we What What's best? Well, you know, when you say what's best, it really gets to your skills and where you're at. Where we're going to have demand for long term will always be, and we don't have enough supply for it in manufacturing, right? Skilled manufacturing. If you can be able to handle some equipment, things like that, tons of demand. Although I know there's a lot of, you know, frustration within that sector, but it, there's lots of demand for that. Professional services and management of companies, and those are: Do you have a business degree? Can you, do you have some data behind you to analyze things? Can you think critically? There's tons of skills and demand for jobs like that to go from. Uh, places like Coke and places that like Freddy's that would need those people to do that kind of work. Your your prediction then for for overall employment is going to grow how much in the year ahead? For Wichita, we think it's going to grow about one point one percent over three thousand jobs, and in Kansas, around one percent. Now, the only reason we're not going to grow faster than that, like one point seven percent for either market, is just because we're already back to full employment. Right, we already hired everyone, and the, there's only some other solutions which we could still talk about that will help fill in that gap. Okay, so tell us one of one of the solutions that'll help. We're almost out of time here. <laughs> okay, so the other solutions to bring. Well, women are probably they left the labor market because they had to take care of kids. They're going to continue to come back, but that also means employers are going to have to start really looking at how do we get daycare and reengage and open up markets to be more flexible. Right. Um, another one is training. You know, those training dollars within companies, a lot of that went away, but we're going to have to do a lot more training to solve our problem. Not only hiring new people that may be marginal, but also within your company, how do you look at your employers and say, hey, I can train them up and be more productive? And productivity is the value, not heads. Right. So firms need to look at each product line and say, hey, this product line, this employee adds so much value, but if I move them over, and destroy a product line and go over here, I could be more productive and value to my company. And in a very tight labor market that doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon, that's one of the solutions if if you're not willing to massively increase your wages to attract people in. But there is excess people at the national level. They're just not people here in our market. Look at, as an entrepreneur, what's the most challenging uh, aspect of being an entrepreneur? Is it a good time for entrepreneurs? Oh, entrepreneurs, this is a great time. We actually saw Kansas business starts up really high over the last year, higher than the U.S., in those business starts with paid employees. So taking risks, there really wasn't a reward and incentive because we were stuck in an older model because of COVID. Now we have a new model, new innovation. So solve those new problems. This is a great environment to take risks. Just don't expect lots of jobs. And that's a good thing about new businesses. They can be more capital intensive, they can be more focused on innovation, and there's plenty of cash out there and people wanting to invest to help you be successful. Hey, listen, as always, thank you for your time. We could probably do another 30 or 40 minutes, but we don't have the time today, but we'll talk to you soon again, Jeremy. Thank you so much for uh, keeping us posted on what's going on. Our guest 
Jeremy Hill, Director of the Center for Economic Development and Business Research at Wichita State University. That's all for this edition of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.